thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. You may be in a sick room. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. the top of my head. To the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. Welcome to Jesus the Healer. We're so glad you have joined us today. Listen, I'm thrilled with the Word. Aren't you thrilled with the Word? That's when it works for you, right? So we've got a studio audience and they're joining us today. And so we're glad you tuned in and you're joining us also. We invite you to become a student. I mean, as you're hearing this teaching, release your faith. Join your faith to the Word that you hear today. Amen. We've been teaching on the mind because the Spirit of God wanted me to emphasize that during these uh, episodes, and so it is our joy to get to do that. And we've been using as our golden text, 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7, which says that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but what He has given us is power or authority love and a sound mind. You know, the thing is, is that we have to exercise our faith to walk in what he's made ours. So part of our inheritance, of course, healing is our inheritance, right? right. Prosperity, Mm -hmm. joy, all these things, the nine fruits of the spirit, these are all our inheritance. Uh, But don't leave out this wonderful flow of a sound mind. That's our inheritance too. And we have to become skillful with our inheritance so that we can enjoy the benefits of it. So we have to become skillful at walking in a sound mind. And how many of you know taking on the thoughts of the Word will renew your mind so that you begin to recognize what thoughts are the flow of the sound mind and what thoughts are not the flow of a sound mind. If it weren't for the Word, we wouldn't even know what a sound mind thought like. Amen. (laughs) So to renew your mind with the Word is to take on God's way of thinking. Anytime we have a way of thinking that is in in, uh, opposition to what God's Word said, we lay down our way of thinking and we take on God's way of thinking. And by doing that, it will transform our lives. And uh, to, to flow successfully and skillfully with this sound mind that God made ours, we have to resist anything that opposes a sound mind. Fear will oppose it. Doubt will oppose it. Depression, all these things that will be used of the enemy to oppose our sound mind, we have to resist it. We have to exercise our authority over these things. We were reading out of James chapter 4 and verse 7 on a previous episode where it says, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. So when we submit ourselves to God, we're agreeing with God. To submit ourselves to Him is to agree with His Word. What does His Word say? We agree with that. To submit ourselves to God is also to agree with His plan for our lives. He has a plan for each one of us to carry out. So for our our authority to work unhindered, we have to make sure that we're in the will of God, right? That we're walking in the light of the Word. And then it tells us... uh, 
and we, we, we referred to this in a previous episode, so we won't take time to do it, but again this time, but I will just quote it real quickly, that Jesus spoiled principalities and powers. He made a show of them openly. He utterly defeated them. And listen, it wasn't just Satan himself that opposed Jesus being raised. Every demon opposed his raising. And that's why all principalities, that's why Jesus was raised far above them. They all opposed him, but they were not sufficient to, to uh, hold him back from the power of God that raised him up. Amen. Amen. He spoiled them totally and completely. The only power the devil has left is the power of suggestion. He will suggest something to your thought life. And if he can get you believing it, then it gives him access into our lives. So by thinking right, we close the door to the enemy. And that's why the enemy tries to inject wrong thinking because that's the only way he can gain an entrance to work against our lives. And then, of course, in Colossians 1.13, the word says that God has already delivered us from the kingdom of darkness and he has already translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. What's that mean? We are no longer under Satan's dominion. The devil has no authority over us, no matter how, how much he tries to tell us that he does. He does not. But we are the ones who have to enforce that authority that belongs to us. And I said this in the previous episode, that you are not called to fight the devil. Jesus already fought him. <laughs> Jesus already defeated him utterly. Amen. The only fight that the word speaks of for the, for the Christian is the good fight of faith. Amen. Amen. Don't get in the wrong fight. Right. Don't get in the mental fight. Don't get in the fight of worry. Don't get in the fight of fear. That's not your fight. Your fight is the good fight of faith. And why is it a good fight? Because it's a winning fight. Why? Because faith always wins. Why? Because this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So as long as we stay in faith, as long as we stay connected to the faith in our spirit and speak faith words out of our spirit, not just out of our mind. See, you can make confessions out of your mind and they'll fall flat because these confessions have, our, our heart has to agree with these. They have to have faith connected, attached to these confessions we make. That's when they hit their target. Not just these mindless confessions, but confessions with faith attached to them. Amen. And when we do that, we enforce the victory that's ours. That's how you fight the good fight of faith. Really, a fight of faith is a fight of words. It's a fight of words. That when symptoms show up, you fight the fight of faith, the fight of words, and you say, no, you don't. You speak to those symptoms. When uh, troubling thoughts come, you speak to them. That's fighting the good fight of faith because the good fight of faith is a fight of words, refusing to be swayed off God's word and you keeping and holding God's word in your mouth regardless of what opposes you. Amen. So Jesus won the battle for us. He won the fight for us and he totally, utterly destroyed the enemy. Amen. But we do have a place to play. We do have a role to play in our victory. And that is we enforce what Jesus won for us. We don't let it be stolen from us. We have to exercise our victory. You know, here in our nation, there are laws that are on the law books. And then we have police officers. Police officers don't write the laws. They don't, get to, they don't decide on what laws go into effect. All they do is enforce the law. That's it. 
Why, why do we have to have law enforcement officers? Because although laws are on the books, there are people who will on purpose go out and violate the laws on the books. Well, your victory is on the books. <laughs> Amen. But the enemy will try to oppose the law of victory, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. He will try to oppose that. But you are the law enforcement officer. You're not the one having to write the laws. God's already determined that the law of faith wins. Amen. You're not the one that's... We're just enforcing the laws that have already been written in the book. Amen. The book of heaven, God's word, we're just to enforce it. That's what our job is. We're not out there trying to win. We're just enforcing what's already been won. Amen. People say, well, if we have victory over the enemy, how come he tries to trouble me? Because he's not yet been locked up. Not every law violator is locked up. Isn't that right? I mean, just speaking in our society, not everyone who violates the law is locked up. (laughs) That's why you have law enforcement officers dealing with those people who are violating the laws. Mm -hmm. Well, there's coming a time where Satan will be locked up and cut off from human contact. But until that time, we will have to resist him. Mm -hmm. And that's why we are the law enforcement officer in our own life. Nobody else is the law enforcement officer over our own life. Even our pastor isn't. Our pastor just teaches us about our authority that is ours as a law enforcement officer over our own life, but they cannot enforce it for us. Amen. Law enforcement officers, they aren't out there under their own authority. They're backed up by either the county, the state. They've got a greater power backing them up. And I want you to know, when you enforce the law, you're not the one backing it up. There is an authority behind you, the name of Jesus. Amen. The authority that belongs to you in Christ, backing you up, that when you exercise that authority, it will work. So uh, can I tell you this about a law enforcement officer? Uh, He's handed a badge, isn't he? Why? So that the general public will recognize I have a symbol of my authority. What's our badge of authority? The name of Jesus. Amen. Our badge of authority. And when a police officer, a law enforcement officer, let's say they get up one morning, they have their uniform. What is our uniform? Well, put on the armor of God, right? That's our uniform. Um, And then we have our badge, the name of Jesus. We put it on. We use it. When a policeman gets up in the morning, let's say he gets up and he, he's tired. He didn't get enough rest or he feels weak or he has symptoms in his body. He doesn't think, well, maybe if I go out there and try to enforce the law, it won't work today because mm-hmm. I don't feel it. <laughs> I don't feel like I'm on top. I don't feel at my best. His authority still works. I mean, if he can barely crawl out of bed, his authority still works. Amen. It doesn't matter what he feels like that day. That's why we don't walk by what we feel. Because you don't lay down your authority just because you don't feel something that day. A law officer, he still gets up and he puts on his uniform. He puts on his badge regardless of how he feels. And you know what? His authority will still work for him. Even when you don't feel something that you want to feel, your authority still works for you. Amen. 
And so exercise that authority and heaven will back you up. Now let's go again. We were looking at the previous episode at Luke chapter 10 and verse 19. And I want to look at it again because I didn't get said all I want to say about that. But Luke chapter 10 and verse 19, Jesus was speaking and he was, he was telling us something. He said, behold, I give unto you power. Well, that word in that place is authority. Behold, I give unto you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions. So notice this, they're going to come. Serpents and scorpions are going to come. What's that mean? There are symbols of, of opposing power, you see. Just because you have faith, just because you belong to God doesn't mean that things aren't going to oppose you. They're going to oppose you. But he says, I give you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions. Notice this, not to run from them. Not to hide from them. Not to sit inactive against them. What you fail to resist has permission to stay. Don't forget that. He didn't authorize you just so you could do nothing. He authorized you so you would use your authority. So behold, I give you power or authority to tread on serpents and scorpions. Don't be inactive against them. Tread on them. Tread on them. When you look up the word tread just in our our, uh, uh, standard dictionary, it means step over. What's the devil want to do when he opposes you? He's trying to block your advancement. Mm -hmm. He's trying to hinder you from going forward. Mm -hmm. So Jesus is telling us that your authority is so that you can keep going forward. So that your authority can, when you use your authority, you can keep advancing. Mm -hmm. So many people, when opposition shows up, that's the point where they stop advancing. Mm -hmm. They stop advancing in faith. They stop advancing, you know, in the plan of God. Because I'm being opposed. Well, step over that opposition and keep going. Think about it. When Jesus went to his own hometown in Nazareth and uh, he wanted to do there what he had done in other cities, the power that had been demonstrated through his earthly ministry, he wanted to do that for his own hometown people. But because of their dishonor toward him, because they didn't believe it says he could there do no mighty work, right? Mm-hmm. He even stood up and it said that he was in the temple on the Sabbath day and there was handed him the book of the Isaiah, book of the prophet Isaiah to read. And he, re- he opened it to the place, found where it was written and he read, the spirit of the Lord's upon me. He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. And he goes on and he lists the job description of that anointing that was on him. Mm-hmm. And notice not everyone said, oh, thank God. Help has arrived. Answers have shown up. No, they got mad at him. They opposed him. And it says they took him to the brow of the hill. Their intent was to push him off the cliff. And what did he do? It says he just passed through the midst of them. What did he do? He treaded. (laughs) He did not let their opposition stop his advancement. This This is one of the first places he announced the anointing that was upon his life and what it was to do. What was it? What were, what was that the strategy of the enemy so that he wouldn't preach that again? And you know what Jesus did? He preached it in every city he went. (laughs) 
Amen. It made him mad in his own hometown, but that didn't stop him from keep preaching it. I don't care who gets mad at the truth, keep preaching it. That's why serpents and scorpions show up to block your advancement, to stop you from advancing, to stop you from going forward. Tread on it. What do you do? You step over and, it keep, and you keep going. That's what Jesus did when he was at that cliff. He just, he, it says he just walked through the midst of them. One translation said he disappeared and showed up in another city. However, he kept going. That's the truth of it. Your authority is so you'll keep going. Don't lay down and stop your advancement and stop going forward in the plan of God just because something's opposing you. Just use your authority and ignore what's coming against you. Exercise your authority, ignore the opposition, and keep going. Amen. Tread on those serpents. Tread on those, those scorpions. Amen. I... Um, I had a, a dog that we were, um, he, was, he was like one of my favorites. And you know, when you have a favorite dog, he gets privileges, right? right. And this dog, uh, he basically, he got to come in the house a lot. and uh, A lot. <laughs> and so we moved to another house. And so my husband said, no, I don't want that dog in the house as much. And I go, mm, I don't know that I agree to that. You know, and so anyway, so I didn't let him come in this other house as much. And so he thought, I belong in the house. You know, he had been trained and taught. I, I have a place in there, you know. So what he would do when I would come in from the office or something and he'd see me come and he'd go and lay right across the, the garage door right in front of where I was going to walk from the garage into the house. He'd lay his body right there. Why? Because he thought, uh, if I'm not going in, it's going to be hard for you to get past me. <laughs> You're going to notice I'm here. <laughs> Well, here I'd be carrying all my stuff. I'm always carrying so many bags, you know, and purses. How many of you are out there like that? Yeah. I'm always carrying so much. And uh, he would not move. Well, I didn't wait for him to get out of the way. You know what I did? I just step over him and keep going in the house and leave him out. That's what this is talking about. When you're advancing, the devil will block. He will post block, <laughs> blockade, so to speak, opposition all kinds of things at your advancement. Why? He wants to keep you from moving forward. He wants to keep you from going further in the plan of God. So it tells you, what do you do? You don't wait for the thing to leave and leave you alone. Don't wait for serpents and scorpions to get out of the way. Step over them. Keep going. Amen. So again, in Luke 10, verse 19, Jesus said, Behold, I give unto you power or authority to tread on serpents and scorpions. Notice this, and over all the power of the enemy. Well, what are you to do with all the power of the enemy? Tread on it. Step over it and keep going no matter what it is. Now look, keep reading. So you tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Look at the next phrase. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Listen to this. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. People will say, well, Pastor Nancy, I know of Christians that are being hurt. They're being hurt by lack. They're being hurt by uh, strife in their home. They're being hurt by symptoms and sickness and disease. Now, listen, you can't just quote this verse and nothing shall by any means hurt me. You can't just quote that part of the verse and be correct. There's a lot of people say when something shows up, oh, nothing will by any means hurt me. If you stop advancing... If you don't use your authority, something can hurt you. 
He's saying that when you're treading over, so, over serpents and scorpions, when you're treading over all the power of the enemy or over all the opposition of the enemy, he says, when you're doing that, nothing will hurt you. Don't stop, don't stop from going forward because you're afraid that what you step over might rise up and hurt you in the process. It won't hurt you as you advance forward over it. And this is why many times people are disappointed because they're, wait, they're saying, well, nothing will hurt me. Well, if you don't use your authority and keep going and you stop and let, if I could say this, let these oppositions have their way with you, they'll hurt you. But to the one who's exercising their authority and they keep advancing and they step over and they step over and they just keep stepping over, the opposition, nothing's going to hurt them in their, in their advancement. Amen. Those enemies cannot hold them back. Those enemies cannot stop their progress. Nothing can hurt the plan of God. Nothing can hurt their advancement. Nothing can hurt their progress in the plan of God. Amen. Amen. If he opposes us, we have to make sure we're resisting. Because like I said, that if we don't resist something, it has permission to stay. Now go with me to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16, and we're going to look at verse 19. And I'm going to read this out of the King James translation. Matthew 16 and verse 19. This again was Jesus speaking, and he said, And I will give unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And notice this, what works now, because of the keys that belong to us, what works. And whatsoever... You shall bind on earth, shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So notice this, the action of binding or loosing, it begins on earth, not in heaven. He said, whatever you bind on earth, heaven will back you up. Whatever you loose on earth, heaven will back you up whether it's binding something or whether it's loosing something. Heaven will back you up. So notice this. It doesn't say that heaven will do the binding or heaven will do the loosing. For heaven to act, something on earth has to be done. Do you see that? We're the ones on earth. Why? How come it begins with what we do here because we're authorized he said, I, gave you, I give unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. In the name of Jesus, we bind. In the name of Jesus, we loose. You know, in your life, you'll find out some things need to be stopped and some things need to come, right? Some things need to be bound. Some things need to be loosed. Uh, you bind sickness. You bind lack. What you don't want, you bind it from continuing to operate against your life. If you, don't, if you don't tell it to stop, heaven's got nothing to back up. You see, let me tell you this. The Holy Spirit is a performer, but he performs what we say. If we don't say, he's got nothing to perform. And when we stop saying, he stops performing. So he performs as long as we say something. Amen. So uh, we have the power of the Holy Ghost that will back us up and, that, and, and heaven backs us up. He's the agent of heaven. Amen. 
So when we bind something, we tell it, you're not working anymore in my life. So you have to forbid things from continuing to work. But sometimes you need things loosed. Sometimes you need things to come to your life. You remember the passage where Jesus, uh, before he made his triumphant in entrance into Jerusalem, uh, it talks about how he would come riding on a colt. So he told his disciples, uh, he told them a location. He told them where to go, that there is a colt that's never been ridden. He said, it's tied up. Told them where. He said, go loose it and bring it to me. Now notice, Jesus is fulfilling scripture here because it was prophesied that he would come riding, in a, riding on a colt into Jerusalem. And so he's, he's uh, cooperating with the word. He's uh, giving instruction in line with the word. So notice he needed a colt, but it's tied up. It's not enough that God said it. He had to use his words to give directions on how to loose. So when he told his disciples, they went to where he told them, and it happened just as he said it. He said, if, if, someone if the owner tries to stop you, Tell him the master has need of it. Mm -hmm. He told him even the words to say to get it loosed. His word tells us the words to say to get things loosed. Things that belong to your life that are hindered from, they're hindered from flowing into your life, loose them with your words. How do you, how do you loose it? He'll tell you the words to say. Speak the word. And those words will cause what's tied up to be untied to be loosed. And that's what Jesus said. He said, your authority will bind, but your authority will also loose. Amen. Hallelujah. What do you like in your life? Tell it to get there. Well, I'm waiting for God to send it. Heaven's waiting on you to say it and loose it so it can back you up. Because our victory begins on what, with what we say on earth. The victory that belongs to us, earth has to say something to get that victory moving. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. The authority that belongs to ours, to us only works in line with the law books of heaven, just like the police officer. He couldn't go out and just, he couldn't just go out and do anything randomly with the public. What he said and what he carried out in public had to be backed up in the law books. Well, what you're saying, whether you're binding or loosing, has to be backed up with the word. You can't just randomly think up something. You have to have the word in your mouth. You have, you have to have, you have to know what scriptures you're standing on. Amen. You know, when somebody will come to me and they'll say, Pastor Nancy, will, will you lay hands on me for this or that? I'll say, what scriptures are you standing on? Well, uh, none in particular. Well, nothing in particular is what you've been getting, right? <laughs> know what law you're standing on. What's in the law book that you're there to enforce? Amen. When you bind and you loose, it's based on the law book. Amen. You have to have the word that you're, that you're enforcing. That's what heaven backs up is the use of your authority when it's speaking the word. Amen. Well, some of these things are what we're teaching in our book, A Sound Disciplined Mind. We want you to get your copy of it. You say, how can I do that? Go to DufresneMinistries.org and let us know that you want us to send it to you. We'll be glad to do that. And until we see you next time, remember this. Jesus is the healer. God bless you. See you soon. 
To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. Please join us for our Dufresne Ministries Miracle Crusade in Fredonia, New York at Family Church Fredonia, August 14th through the 18th. Come expecting your miracle. For more information, visit our website at DufresneMinistries.org. Please join us for our annual ladies' conference at Wood Harvest Church in Marietta, California, October 4th through the 6th. Everyone is welcome to attend. For more information, visit our website at thefraneministries.org. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at thefraneministries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.